0: If you have a Bible with you today, I want to invite you to find Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, okay? Uh, and that is where we are going to be today. Luke is a gospel that is one of the uh, the four books of the Bible that talks about Jesus' ministry. Uh, it's basically kind of hit the New Testament or go to the middle of your Bible and go to the right. If you don't have a Bible, it's fine. It'll be on the screen. Uh, I want to jump in kind of quickly today. I, I have a lot I want to cover um, and... For some of us, this is going to be like a, a, uh, a recap of things you may already know, and that's okay. Uh, and some of us, this may be completely new for us. And so, uh, if you are new to River of Life, we're going to talk a little bit about our vision and really some of the big goals that we have as a church and community. All right, now, as a church, we are committed to being outward-focused, Okay, what we see is that when churches start to get uh, too much focus on themselves, like just on the people inside the church, like let's do what makes us happy, doing what we want, uh, the second a church starts doing that, a church starts to die. Uh, it's just one of those things. Like when you start looking inward and how can we make us happy, uh, it just doesn't, it, it's not going to go well. And I think that's because um, you end up missing a massive part of God's heart. All right, and it isn't necessarily what he has asked of us to do. It isn't what he wants for us, and so we are going to look at a few passages uh, quickly here in a moment. But before that, I want to briefly share some of these goals that we had laid out, and this goes back to actually the beginning of 2022. All right, so this is two years ago, uh, and we uh, we kind of had three different goals set in three different areas, and this was to help us remain outward focused. Okay, so we had just recently branched out. Uh, Into a vision that Pastor Kyle from Sock Center, he leads the church in Sock Center, uh, he'd had about four or five years earlier of planting churches, partnering with churches, helping churches, um, all within cities of about a 30 mile radius of Sock Center. All right, and Long Prairie, this church was actually kind of the first attempt at uh, this vision. And this is what made one church in one location into one church in two locations, is what happened here in Long Prairie. Okay, And so we had a goal, though, uh, that we said that we would love to see five locations. Now, the reason for this is not just to continue to have our church go different places, but we just were seeing that uh, people were driving from other towns to the church. And that's, that's great when it comes to a weekend, but if you want to get involved on midweek stuff, you want your kids involved, you want to be at youth group, it gets really difficult to continue to make that drive on a regular basis. And so the, the idea from Sock Center was, instead of that church continuing to grow and grow and grow, what if we started to help facilitate other churches in nearby communities? And we kind of said communities that have a school. Um, and so that was kind of our target. And this was the first one where we said, we would love to see five locations Okay, five locations of a thriving life-giving church. All right. Now, as as of now, two years later, we have three locations that are already like rolling. Uh, BBE is going to have an official grand opening. That's our third location. Uh, That's coming up in I think February, their grand opening. And then we have a fourth one that they are already gathering their launch team, their lead team we're kind of calling it, and they're starting to get together and they're moving in this direction and this year it's going to launch. And so that'll be four locations that we are at which we are super excited about. The second part of this vision was that as it Church, we would be training people, equipping people to be the next generation of pastors, all right, of of people who are uh, starting Jesus centered nonprofits, people who are called overseas as missionaries. Missionaries don't just grow on trees, okay? Like we may think that we have missionaries that come in, you know, on a regular basis here, um, and it's like, oh yeah, this is great for them. The reality is, missionaries come from the local church, just like you and me. They come from people just sitting in regular seats, working the job they've been working, living in the house they've been living in, and God speaking to them and them listening. And then the last part of this was we wanted to send out uh, 50 people from our church. Um, Not the last part, sorry. This is is what it was. That was the goal for this. We wanted to send out 50 people into these types of uh, positions. All right and it would look like all different things in all different places. Now currently we have sent out missionaries, we have families in Kazakhstan and Azerbaijan. We have two families that have gone out as missionaries. We have pastors who were sent uh, from Sock Center to Long Prairie here with Pastor Aaron. She used to live in Sock Center, attended that church, was a board member, and just felt that call and, and began to answer that. We have a pastor in Freeport, pastor in BBE. Uh, we have people doing jail ministry here in Todd County. We have a bunch of other people that have been feeling this, and they're kind of in a, a pipeline of kind of figuring out what's next. What does this look like for me? And then we have... A bunch of kids and teenagers that are just saying, hey, I want to be used however God wants to use me. And if that means going overseas, if that means being a pastor, if that means being whatever it would be, being an electrician, being a teacher, uh, staying at home, any of those things, we want to see our kids, our youth following where God's leading them. And so this, this is a big part of this. And then the final part of our uh, kind of goals and vision uh, was that we wanted to use the funds that we had to make a difference outside of our walls. Remember, all of this is about how do we remain outward focused. So we had this crazy idea to give away 500000 in a single year through something that we launched called Kingdom Builders. We wanted in one year, not money that stays here in the church and keeps the lights on and does that, in one year we wanted to send out half a million dollars. Um, and we're going to talk more about that later. But that was our vision, that was our goals, that was what would uh, help us to continue to be outward focused as a church and not get stuck in this like exclusive little club that can happen so often in churches, alright? So what I want to do quickly is I want to look at a few parables that Jesus shared, look at the practical side of one of our goals and then kind of challenge it, challenge us with that today. So uh, if you're willing, if you're able, would you stand with me? I want to kind of read through uh, a couple parables here. And then pray, and then we'll kind of move on in this. So we are in, what I say? Luke 15. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. God, I pray that this morning, Lord, that as we uh, just kind of remind ourselves of so much of what the purpose is that we have here, God, that really what would be happening here is not our purpose, our ideas that we've come up with, but God, that we would just be drawn closer to your heart, Lord, whatever your heart is for this world, what your heart is for us, Lord, we want that, we want to follow that, so God, I pray that that is where we would grow today, God, that we would just grow in our hearts, Lord, just to reflect yours even more, we ask that in your name, amen. All right, you guys can have a seat. Both of these passages that we read, these, these parables that Jesus is sharing, uh, they, they really just show a massive part of God's heart. All right, the Pharisees were mad that Jesus was hanging out with tax collectors and notorious sinners. And they thought he should be spending time with religious leaders. So Jesus shares these two stories, and the stories aren't necessarily painting a picture of like, hey, this is where all of my time should be spent. Okay, that, that's a mistake if we start to read it in this way, that all of our time is meant to be spent here. Instead, what we begin to see here is that, that Jesus is here on a rescue mission. Alright, and he is going after the lost, but then he's not staying there and just being like, alright, hey, forget the 99, I'm going to hang out with the one. He's saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to find you and I'm going to draw you back in to the 99. I'm going to find that one lost silver coin and drop back into the 10. That's when the celebration is. Notice the celebration happens, not when he goes and, and, and is with that person, but when he actually draws them back in. And so this is kind of the, the heart of what's going on here. Uh, he's not trying to say like, hey, your entire life, you should just only spend time with people that are far from God. Uh, the, the stories actually point to the reason being that like, this, is, this is a rescue mission. So this is part of that focus of if someone or or something is lost, you you go after it. You go to where it is. You find it there. You don't just forget about it. Okay, now the parable that follows these two is actually even more kind of famous. Like if you've been in church, uh, you've probably heard it before. If you haven't, there's even a good chance that you've heard it before. It's the prodigal son. All right? And this is the story of a son who takes his inheritance from his father. He leaves home. He squanders it, then he comes back looking for forgiveness, and the father, instead of being mad, sees him coming, runs to him, and forgives him. It's this beautiful, beautiful story uh, that Jesus shares. But I want to focus on one specific part real quick. Okay, now, when we look at the beginning of the prodigal son, verse 11, it's right after the, the lost coin, it says this, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. Okay, so just that line right there, the opening line of this. Jesus is saying, hey, this links with the previous one. The previous one is about leaving the 99, finding someone who's lost, bringing them back in, celebrating. So we should have that on our mind. But then he says this, and what's the the opening line? A man had two sons. The focus of this story is two sons. But the crazy thing is, as you read from verse 11, All the way down to like verse 24, you basically, you only hear about one son. And it's that story that I just kind of highlighted of a son who takes money, leaves, spends it really in dumb ways, and and then ends up kind of going back and looking for forgiveness. We have to go all the way down uh, to verse 25 to see what's going on with the second son. And now this is the focus of what Jesus wants to talk about. Remember, it's a story about two sons. And so let's look at this. Verse 25, it says... Uh, Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. The younger son had come back. He had left, he had taken his inheritance, even before his father died, which is very rude to do, squanders, loses all of it, comes back, and there's a celebration going on. The older son is coming in from working. And he asked one of the servants, what was going on? They said, your brother is back. He was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours, notice how he refers to his brother, he doesn't say, "Yep, yeah, my brother. He said, no, this son of yours. He's already like dismissed him from the family. That's his feelings here. He's not even recognizing him as a brother. This son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes. You celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you, you have always stayed by me. And everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost. But now he is found. There are two sons and two focuses of the story. What happens to the one who is lost, just like in the previous two parables? And then this one who takes it a step further, and Jesus actually brings it to hey. Yeah, we see what happens to the one that's lost, and we go after them and we find them. But what happens to the 99 that were left behind? What can what can begin to happen inside of them and in their heart and in their attitude? We can get jealous. We can get bitter and angry. We, we can feel like, I don't want to go after them. Maybe, maybe they're lost because of their own stupid choices. Why should I have to give up my resources for that person to be found? They're making all these choices themselves. And Jesus' response is simply because when someone is lost, we go after them. And when they're found, we celebrate. And this is the heart of the Father. And it's the heart that we have to have. And this is the heart that we as a church, we want to have. It doesn't mean neglecting the 99, but it does mean going after the one. And and I wish that there were just one, but there are so many. And I would guess that every single person in this room has someone in your life that doesn't know Jesus in a life-changing, life-altering way. And we want to help change that. We want to be part of that process. And that's what Kingdom Builders... Is all about that third part of our vision. It's it's all about this going after the one, and I want to take to today to explain the idea of kingdom builders a little bit more in depth. I'm not going to be able to cover everything. If you have questions after today, uh, you can contact Pastor Aaron or myself. We would love to sit down talk more about this. But I want to give a little bit of a better explanation because. What well, you're going to find, if, if you start to come to River of Life Church, if this becomes your church home, this is a huge part of who we are. We talk about it a lot. And it's, it's something that we're going to do. All right? And, and so we want to just make sure people are on the same page. And so I want to do that. I want to get us on the same page of what Kingdom Builders is, what we mean by that. All right? Now, Kingdom Builders is a way that we, as individuals, partner with organizations financially. Remember we said the Kingdom builder side was we wanted to give away half a million dollars in one year. Now the traditional approach to finances at a church, Uh, they might look like this. And I've I've used like actual, I've grabbed the offering buckets before. And you put out like eight to ten buckets. And uh, the buckets might be buckets, they might be budgets, they might be bank accounts. Uh, But at a lot of churches, you have different buckets. And one of them might be, okay, here's the general tithe. That's coming in. Then you have another one, you're like, this is the the money for youth ministry, and then kids' ministry, and then men's ministry, and women's ministry, and and missions, and benevolence, and facilities, and, and the kitchen, and church planting, and outreach, and Easter events. And I don't know, you could probably come up with another 20, and some churches probably have. All right, and like you just have all these different budgets that you have going, um, and you're always trying to kind of manage that. And okay, which one is you know this one has a lot of money, and for some reason they aren't spending any of it, and this one is spending all their money plus some, and we got to figure that out. And you have all these different things going on. All right, now that approach is not necessarily wrong. All right, we just we found that for us that we felt like what happens often in that approach is people end up with one or two of those buckets that are kind of their favorite. It's the things that that they feel like are kind of close to their heart. And when that happens, we can begin to have like tunnel vision as a Christian. And we can say, okay, I really want to focus on the youth ministry. I really want to focus on benevolence. I really want to focus. And we just kind of, it ends up drawing things in. And honestly, it, it kind of defeats the purpose of being outward focused. All right, and so we have moved to a different type of idea when it comes to finances. We essentially, it's not always perfect, but essentially have moved to two buckets. Just simply two buckets, and that's it. We have a general fund, and then we have what we call kingdom builders. And those are our two buckets. And the best way to describe those two is almost kind of internal and external. All right, like uh, if it has to do with our building, our church, Our ministry, ministering to the people who are part of the church, uh, you guys right here, it is part of the general fund. If someone is giving or uh, maybe it's tithing, they would say, or giving regularly to the church like that, uh, that is like, that's what general fund is. It keeps the lights on. It keeps pastors on staff. It buys curriculum. It pays for people who are part of this church to be ministered to and to grow closer to God. And understand, this is super important. That's a really important part. If it goes outside of these walls, it is about new people who don't know Jesus and and helping them find Him. If it's about serving people who aren't part of this church, uh, we say that uh, you know that is building the kingdom. It is bringing more people into relationship with Jesus. That is kingdom builders. All right, and that's how we've kind of broken this down, and we try to keep this front and center at our church. This is for us. Like both of these are incredibly important. If we don't have money in the general fund, we aren't able to continue to minister to our church. We aren't able to help people who have decided to start to follow Jesus to grow and continue on that journey. General fund may not sound exciting and crazy, but it matters a ton. Okay, we don't gather like we are now without it. Reaching people. Reaching people doesn't matter if there isn't a home base to bring them back to and plug them in. Time and time again, I've seen people where they're like, uh, you know, someone goes and talks to them about Jesus, and they're excited about it. Jesus has parables about this. But then they don't get plugged in somewhere, and what happens? What was exciting and what was growing in their life just begins to wither and die. There has to be a home base to plug people in at. All right, but keeping this outward focus, keeping the idea that there are people who don't know Jesus in a life-changing way, and they need to, uh, that has to be near and dear and close to our heart as a church. Now, not just as an organization, but as people in the church, you and I, we have to care deeply about people who are lost. And I want to say something about being part of a church, like being part of a a community and a family like this. We live in a world where we get to select everything, like everything that we want to do and how we want to do it. We have a million different options at our fingertips. It, It used to be if you wanted to watch TV, you had to just buy different packages of cable. And then maybe you had like Dish as like this other option, but you bought it and you got all sorts of channels, all right? And some of them you were really excited about, a whole lot of them you were like, I don't know, take it, leave it. And then you had some that you're like, why is this a channel? Who is watching this? How is this part of this package? And you're just like, I get rid of that. Can I please trade it for something? That's how it used to be. You just It was a package deal. Nowadays, you buy whatever streaming service you want, you watch whatever show you want, and you watch it when you want to watch it. All right? So instead of, like, spreading it out, which is a healthy way, maybe once a week, it's like, well, you know what? I want to watch eight hours of this show today. I'm going to start and finish it today. Watch me do this. And we just kind of go throughout that, all right? And we, have, we can do things however we want. And you want to know what, though? Like... You want to know where you don't get to pick things a la carte style? Family. Your family is your family. And some of you are like, I really wish I could pick my family a la carte style because there are some that I love dearly. And there are some that would be left on the buffet. I don't know how else to put it. You know, it's just like... But family. You don't get to pick your family. Your family is your family. And this church, this is a community community. You get to decide whether you want to be part of it or not. But it is also a family. And when we decide that we want to be part of it, uh, we shouldn't always get to pick and choose what parts we like and what parts we don't. And honestly, I think it can be super healthy to not be able to do that. We say, hey, when I chose that I want to be part of that community, the things that matter to that community, they are going to matter to me. Whether they benefit me or not, whether it is my favorite thing or not, Okay, so here's like a, a statement I want us to understand. When I choose to be part of, of like a community, then the responsibilities that that community has, they become responsibilities for me. I'm saying I'm going to be part of that family. This is, this is what they care about. Now that's what I care about. And that, I think that's super healthy because we are so used to being able to just pick all these different things that we want. So if the community cares about reaching the needs in the town, I am going to care about reaching the needs of this town. If the community takes on responsibility of sending missionaries, then when I choose to be part of that community, I am choosing to take on some of those responsibilities. All right? Now, at the end of the day, we are not chasing anyone down and saying, hey, we care about this, and you apparently don't care about this, and that needs to change. We're not, we're not doing that, okay? Okay? Um, we're not going to call you up and, and anything like that. Like, hey, we had the Easter egg hunt, and this mattered to our church. Where were you? We needed you there to chase kids around the parking lot and do this. You know, We're not going to do that. But I want to challenge you. It is healthy to not just indulge whatever our own desires are all the time, but to link arms and say, hey, even if this isn't something that I get all excited about, my community has chosen this responsibility, so I am going to as well. And here's, here's what I would say. If you are wanting, if you're wanting to start to be part of what God is doing in this community, like financially here, if you're, if you're sitting here and you're like, okay, maybe I want to be part of this. My challenge is to start first with that idea of the general fund. Okay? And, and that is the part that is making things happen around here. It is the home base. It's the part that honestly is going to benefit you. And I think that's an okay place to start. All right, that that's where you'd say, that's where I want to kind of jump in on this. It allows us, it allows you to continue to grow. And then I believe that as we grow... As we grow as a believer, as we grow as a follower of Jesus, we are going to gain more and more of God's heart. And God's heart is for the lost. And as we take that heart on, we are going to become more excited and want to be part of what is happening through kingdom builders outside of these walls. All right, that's how I think this works. And now, here's what I want to do I want to explain what is happening. All right, I want to explain what is happening. We used to track this a little differently, you know, like we said, uh, kind of the the two-bucket thing. Um, And we're not doing that anymore, but I'm going to go back a few years and kind of show a little bit of this. Okay? Give me one second here, because I have... uh, Yep, ushers, we actually have a little bit of time here. Um, And so here's what is happening. Our church has always had an outward focus. It's how we do church. We expect on Sunday morning that guests are coming. All right, we expect that new people are walking through the doors. We want to use our resources to make an impact on our communities outside our walls. We don't want to just stop at our communities. Uh, We believe that we can actually have an impact on the entire globe. All right, so here is what that has looked like. In 2019, 2019 numerically, like number of people at the church, was a really big year for SOC Center. They had been going through a season of growth, and it's actually the year that we joined Long Prairie with this. So it was a big year for us. We had $87,952. Just about $88,000 come in. That, that's amazing. Uh, $88,000 given away to things outside of this church. Then we had 2020, and that was COVID, all right, which was kind of a crazy year. We had a long season where we weren't meeting as a church, but when COVID hit, we kind of said this. We're like, you know what? Uh, we could see people getting laid off, Um, We could see that people could maybe have a bunch of needs that would happen during this season And so we just kind of pitched the vision and said hey uh, We want to open up kind of our benevolence If you are in need, please let us know if you are not in need and you want to give to that Please do that and 2020 was a crazy year Financially for us. I know for a lot of churches they struggled Uh, That was not the case for us and we ended up uh, Giving away again. This is not the money that stayed in $112,000 That year 2021 $167,000. Okay, now remember this. Like, this is crazy. We have a couple churches in towns of 4,500 people and 3,500 people. Like, this blows me away. Like, even just as I was, like, going through these this week and preparing this, I'm like, what is happening $167,000, and that is the last year that we had like all the different buckets, all the different things, okay? So in 2022, this is the year we switched to Kingdom Builders and the idea of two buckets. Now, the name doesn't really matter. I'm not saying that like this is why it happened. I do think that that helped us be a little bit more focused and a little bit more aware of where our money was going and what we were doing with it. Okay, And in 2022, we cast the vision for this idea of kingdom builders. We got up, we shared these goals, all of them. And then we had some projects we did. Uh, one of the projects that in Long Prairie that we were part of was actually a village in China that had zero like gospel presence at all. We had some missionaries that, that had a coffee shop in a bigger city. And that village was asking them, would you come and help us grow coffee that you would use in your coffee shop? And this would give that village uh, some economic stability because there wasn't a whole lot of jobs. This village was up in the mountains. And these missionaries are, are there, and they have a, a worker in their coffee shop who's from that area, spoke that language, and had become a believer. And, and she was like, hey, listen, there is there's nothing there. There's no believers. There's no church. We don't have any amount of scripture translated in, into our language. There's nothing. And so we were part of raising money to help them start a coffee farm in that village and then build a house in that village where they could actually start to work with this employee to start to try and translate some of the Bible into their language. This is not like big theologians figuring out all the different things from the Greek and the Hebrew just saying, hey, we got to do something. People have nothing. There's no way they're ever going to hear about Jesus without us coming and doing something like this. And so we were able to be part of that. And in 2022, uh, our goal was $200,000 to give that away. Uh, And we hit the end of the year, and we had given $298,585. Like, can I just say, like, we were, as pastors, it was one of those humbling moments where you're like, okay, um, our dreams were not big enough, (laughs) apparently. Um, And you're just like, this is crazy, Remember, this is, this is two churches in these tiny little towns. So then this past year, we're sitting there and we're like, well, man, I don't think our, our, if you would have asked us two years before that, we would have said, yep, then the next goal, the next goal we would have had was probably like 300,000. I don't think we could set a goal of 300,000. If we came back and said, hey, our goal is 300,000, I think you guys would be like, what? Like, come on. Like, we just did 298, like we, and so we're sitting there, and we're like, okay, well, we'll set a goal for 350,000. We had no idea if 2022 was a fluke or what was going on, all right? Um, and so we set a goal, and um, in 2023, um, we ended up giving 308,363, and that is crazy. It wasn't 350,000, but you know what? Understand this. Th- this is crazy, and we were so incredibly Excited about this. And still at this point, this is this is two churches, BBE, St. Joseph. They aren't, they really weren't part of anything Kingdom Builders this last year. They were actually receiving some of that kingdom builders as we were planting new churches, going outside of our walls and doing more. And and I kind of looked at this and, and went through it and broke down some of the stuff from Long Prairie. And we don't know the exact number because some of our things isn't separated. Right, like we did the Christmas offering. We did a a benevolent offering on Christmas Eve. Some of those things, they just all kind of go into one, so we don't know the exact numbers. But Long Prairie roughly gave about $80,000 of that this last year. This church, you guys, right here. This this room. Like, this is crazy. I don't know if we understand that. In this little town of 3,500 that has a heart and a vision to see God moving outside these walls, that we would give away $80,000 last year. And when things like this are happening, understand it impacts the community, it impacts the world, but it also impacts us. It impacts you and it impacts me. When we catch the vision that we need to be part of the world finding Jesus, as we continue to grow as a church, my prayer is that we would just continue to have more and more of God's heart for the lost, Because as great as last year was, God isn't done, and we did not accomplish everything that we wanted to accomplish, and and we have not accomplished everything that we need to. And we hit January, and guess what? We are at zero, and that's awesome. I love that. God gives each one of us resources in our life, and we are called to steward them. That means that those resources aren't necessarily ours. We're just put in control of them. And as more and more of us make efforts to go on, on missions trips and see what God is doing around the world, to be part of ministering on a global level, the more we catch that heart. Right? Like if you go on a trip, if, if you're in this room and you've gone on a trip with us, like you know like, it starts to stir something in you where you're just like, I, I, can't, I can't do nothing anymore. I need, I need to be doing something. This is there, I, you see the needs. This is why for me, at the beginning of December, I just got back from going to uh, Albania, Macedonia, Kosovo, and Montenegro, all right, the, the Balkan Peninsula. And four other pastors and myself for like seven days hopped in a van and drove like crazy all around these countries, visiting churches, visiting pastors, seeing the needs that they had, seeing the persecution that they were suffering, seeing just the, the, the massive need. Of people who have never heard about Jesus. And I I need to do things like that. Because if I don't, I begin to slip back into just my own selfish desires and what I want to do. I'm just telling you, I know that about myself. Call it the human condition. But I'm just going to say it about me right now. If I don't have those things front and center in my life, I slip back into that. There's a reason why we bring missionaries in once a month. There's a reason why, reason why we're doing three or four mission trips a year and encouraging people to go on those. Because if this is not something that's kept in front of you, it is so hard to not slip into this self-centered way of living. And I think that it's even harder for us in the United States. All right, now, talking about money is not always a fun thing as a pastor. All right? But I love talking about kingdom builders. It is so much easier talking about money that does not benefit me, <laughs> right? Like to just say, hey, I think this is great because it's, it's going away. It's not benefiting me. I'm not a, a recipient of this. Like that's what I love about getting up and, and talking about this. And so in 2024, our goal, again, at, at, for our churches... All right. now realize some of this, as we plant more churches, this does not mean that if you gave a bunch this last year, uh, that that always means that you have to double what you gave or something like that. Okay? We are growing as a church. We are right here. Sock Center is growing as a church. We are launching two more churches this year. There are more people that are going to be on board and moving in this direction. That's how we reach 500,000, not by one or two really rich people giving big gifts or by all of us being like, okay, fine, I guess we'll just sell our homes and move into the church and live here together, right? Like, please, no, that sounds awful. I love you guys, but not that much. So financially, we would love to see us be able to support missionaries' projects, evangelism, things like that to the tune of $350,000. We're like, you know what, we're going to keep that goal. We're going to go after it again. Just a dream it 's a goal doesn 't mean that you know we 're upset or something if we don 't get there it's just it 's so good to have something that we 're measuring and say all right let 's move in that direction and this doesn 't happen you know like I said from one or two or three people giving massive amounts. it happens by a bunch of us like I, I have friends in the cities they 're pastors there and uh, there are people in the cities that at the end of the year, they'll be like, all right, fourth quarter numbers came in, and now I know where I sit, and my 401K's at this, and I'm going to write a check for 50 grand, here you go. There are people in this world that do that. All right, um, that's not... Maybe you're in this room. If you are, hey, um, great to have you here today. <clears throat> no, I'm <clears> just... <throat> I don't think that's most of us, right? Like, we aren't reaching the end of the year and saying this. This is this is something that, like, it, it happens by people catching the heart and saying, all right, I'm going to do something. Maybe I can't do a lot, but I'm going to do something. All right? And so here, here's what I want to do with where we're going to go with this, kind of the remainder of the time. Ushers, you guys can come. They have these booklets. All right, so they're going to come up, and they're going to hand these out to kind of, like, one per, uh, I'm going to say family, but, like, um, we're more so saying like one per group of people that you're like you're making like your your decisions financially for your family type of thing. So if there's like if your situation is a husband and, and wife, like you probably just need one of those. all right, so you're going to have this little booklet, and that booklet is actually going to give you a rundown of the projects that we are supporting through kingdom builders. All right, now, let me say this, we have three areas that we break kingdom builders into. all right, we call it global. Global is like. Other countries, what God is doing around the world. We have local. This is funny. Aaron and Emily didn't get one. They just assumed that. They're like, you guys already got this planned out, right? (laughs) We have local. That means like right here in this town, in this community, in the neighboring communities. Sometimes local can mean like Minnesota. Like we support like Place of Hope in St. Cloud, which does a lot of work with homeless. Um, And we consider that to be local. All right, and then we have future, and future is actually next generation, the future generation. So that is youth and kids, and we believe that that is a huge part. If we want to be able to um, see the church thrive and reach people for Jesus, we have to be focused on kids and youth. All right, that's a massive part of who we are. So you will see projects, you will see partners that we have. Uh, This is where our Kingdom Builders funds goes. Now inside of that booklet is a little card. And this is just for you. We are not collecting it. All right? It's going to talk about kingdom builders again. It's going to say our goal things like that. On the back of it there's a line. And it says, "Hey, my commitment in 2024 is this." Now understand again, we are not collecting that. We are not collecting that. This is this is not about us trying to track what you're giving. You are not getting a letter in the mail saying, oh, I don't know, you said you were going to give this much, you've only given this, that's not happening, okay? I'm sorry if you've been hurt by churches in the past who have just really kind of handled money in a poor way, alright? Like, that's, that's not what we're doing here. That is a tool for you to hopefully sit down and figure some of this out. For you and a spouse, for you and your family. Let me say this, if you have kids Pull them in on this. Our kids give to something called BGMC. You'll see in that booklet. It's buying curriculum for kids around the world. Our kids are benefiting kids. Our youth give to something Speed the Light. All right, That's buying vehicles for missionaries. That's buying projection and sound systems. and It's helping people out of sex trafficking here in the U.S. and around the world. It's, it's digging water wells in countries that don't have clean water. And they're digging it right next to a church. All right, like this, the youth are doing things. The kids are doing things. Um, involve your kids on this decision. All right, that, that's how we raise kids up in the way that they should go is teaching them uh, to do this. All right, now uh, I, I want to say this. On the back, like you're going to see something there um, that talks about maybe planning. Just before Christmas season, I had a message where we talked about uh, the idea of tithing. And I'm not going to re-give the whole message. I want to just say this though get to get the gist of it. Uh, I do not see any biblical mandate for the early church or for us to do what is called tithing. Tithing just means 10%. Tithe means 10%. All right, It's, it's kind of a, a word that you hear a lot in church. We don't see a biblical mandate that, that you have to do that, that I have to do that, coming from Jesus, coming from uh, even kind of the, uh, the apostles or anything like that. Now, what we do see though is this. We see that we need to live in a way where we are trusting God with our finances, where we are dependent on Him for our finances. We need to live in a way where we are continually doing things with what we have. All right, and so kind of the gist of that message came down to this. If you want to call it tithing and that 10% is a, a benchmark for you to hit and you're like, all right, that gives me an idea, great. Alright, if you, if you don't want to call it that, that's fine. I don't think you need to, but what are you kind of doing? Alright, and so here's what we have. Uh, I, I want to kind of talk through this idea, okay, the, the idea of this, this tithe. Then after that, I'd say you need to make a plan of what it looks like to live dependent on God, trusting God financially. Then make a plan for what it looks like to live with an outward focus, to be part of seeing life's change and people finding Jesus. This means actually putting that into your budget, making it a routine thing, a weekly thing, a monthly thing. Then lastly, dream about what maybe could happen. You know, if God spoke to you about other ways to be part of this, even beyond your plan. All right, so let me do this. I'm, and hear me on this. I'm going to give an idea of what this looks like for Emily and I. Partly because I want you to know that, like, we believe in this. This is not something that your pastors are getting up and saying, hey, we just need to figure out how to get everyone else to do this, but we're not going to do it. This is not a, like, pat on our back in any way, because trust me, there's a lot of areas for me to grow in in this. But I think it helps a lot of people to just hear practically what this can sound like to go about doing this. All right? Uh, Emily and I uh, have traditionally given to the church And actually our district, because we're credentialed and we're required to give there as well, we give a regular thing, call it tithe, call it what you want, okay? Um, And actually, this last fall, as I was preaching on this, really felt convicted that um, this idea of having a set number uh, really made me become a little bit complacent and a little bit lazy. Like, we were doing that, but I was never like, I felt like God was saying, you know what, you should probably be growing in your trust with me, so maybe you should reflect that financially. And I was like, oh, I think you're right. And so we're trying to figure out what that looks like. But, but we sit down and we make a plan and, and we do that. And for us, it's just easiest to kind of do like automatic withdrawal because we're like, otherwise, I don't always remember that. All right? Then we have made traditionally a monthly commitment to just kingdom builders as a whole. Just the general, what you see in this booklet, just every single month, we're just going to give to kingdom builders. Nothing specific, just kingdom builders. All right, and we do that on a monthly basis. Then we started saying, hey, you know what? We have missionaries in once a month. We take an offering for them. We want to give to them. So we're going to make a plan monthly. What does that look like for us to be giving to missionaries? Alright? And let me just say this, like when missionaries come, and I'm going to talk about this next time we have one in too, they are coming up here on their own dime. They need prayer, like that's part of going to a church. They also need people to support them so that they can actually answer this call that they feel like God's put on their heart to go overseas. Because they aren't always able to go and like work or something like that. And so I, I would challenge us, okay, think about what does it look like to plan to give uh, in a spot like that. And then we kind of say, okay, Well, what does it look like then when I know there's going to be projects, special projects that come up, and I want to give to that, okay? And so I'm going to kind of plan a way to do that, all right? So for us, we will make a plan to tithe, we'll make a plan to give monthly, we're going to make a plan to give to missionaries, and we're going to make a plan to give to projects as they come up, all right? And then we still have to live below that line so that there is a little margin for if God speaks to us to do something. Or if all of a sudden we get money that we aren't expecting, that we now have that margin that we can be generous with. Now, okay, this sounds like a lot. We did not start there. I'm not asking anybody or even challenging necessarily anybody to start there. This is something that in some way, shape, or form has been present in our lives for quite a while. And we have slowly built towards this. All right? And uh, my challenge for you is this. Start, Start somewhere. Start somewhere. This sheet has that line that says my commitment. We're not collecting it. You don't need to tell us that, but I would challenge you. Write something down there. Pray about it. But don't just think that these things happen randomly or naturally. All right, I'm going to let you in on a secret here. Okay, there's a myth or an idea that generosity is spontaneous and sporadic. All right? All right? That we just think, oh yeah, right now I'm, I'm going to see this and I'm going to do that. And, and that's what generosity is. A generous person is just living with this type of life. The truth is this. Generosity is planned and it is cultivated. That's what generosity is. If you don't plan for it, if you're just like, alright, you know what? When a need comes up in front of me and i got a bunch of cash in my pocket and there's no plan for that cash, then I'm going to give Okay, how often does that happen? (laughs) All right, first off, how often do you even have cash anymore? I mean, like, I I never have cash. All right, but we we just have this idea that it's, oh, it's going to happen here, it's going to happen there. Let me tell you this. If you want to be a generous person, if you want to live with an outward focus financially, this is something that you have to plan, and, and honestly, you have to plan like crazy. It's hard. If you're waiting for the perfect moment, it's, it's just not going to come. Let's do this. Let's stand. If you want to be part of what is happening, if you want to steward well what, I, what God has given you, worship team, you guys can come. Make a plan. Put thought into it. Have a conversation. Pray, pray, pray. We're going to move into response time here, and it's going to look a little different today. Uh, we still will have people for prayer. Our prayer team will be available. And if you need prayer, please go to them. Please don't hold back. Please don't feel like you need to just stay where you are. Uh, if you need prayer today, we would love for you to be able to do that. All right? But what we're going to do is I-, I want you right now even to just start thinking, start praying, start asking God, God, what is it that you would have me do? And if you're sitting in a spot where you're there with a, with a, if your situation is yourself then I want you to be thinking and praying if your situation is a spouse or family or you have kids with you or something uh, you can start having this conversation when we start kind of singing this last song maybe you even want to sit back down and be like hey let's talk about this real quick maybe you've already had this conversation and you're like hey are we still good with that we had this conversation last month we still good with that number are you feeling like God's speaking something to you today And I want to challenge you just to be thinking through what that looks like. Okay, and this might be completely new to you, and you might be here for the first time, and you're like, great, first time I went to church, they're talking about money, all right? I promise you, this is not a regular occurrence, all right? We are just, this is part of our vision. We are going to be outward focused as a church. And I believe that that's why our church is growing. That's why we're seeing things happen. That's why we're seeing lives changed, because we're outward focused, And this is part of that. And so I want to just challenge you to be thinking through this. I love Kingdom Builders because this isn't about us. It's about the lost. It's about the, maybe you didn't know this, the 42% of our world that not only do not know Jesus, but basically have zero hope of knowing him without outside intervention. They don't have any churches in their country. They don't have enough Christians in their people group where someone will tell them about it. They maybe have zero scripture in their language. And you'll see in this book, we support different things. There's a group called Project 42. Their entire focus is at 42%. Because if they don't have churches, they don't have Christians, unless we're doing something, there's just no hope of them hearing about Jesus. So I want us just to take time right now. Pastor Aaron, would you come? And actually, I didn't say this to you necessarily, but I would love for Pastor Aaron to come and just kind of even pray over us, pray over the room. Maybe, maybe some of us right now, we need God to speak to us. Maybe some of us, we need to heal from some past hurt surrounding finances and church and God. And I'm sorry if that happened. I really am. And if you're in a spot of healing, maybe today you're not in the spot where you're like, I need to be praying about this. You need to just be praying about healing and saying, God, I I need to figure this out. And and hear me, I I grieve with you. I'm sorry. There are situations like that. But I want Pastor Aaron just to pray over the room, pray over uh, just each one of us, pray over our church, pray over what uh, our partners and what we're gonna be doing, pray over what this next year can look like um, and just kind of lead us in this. Then we're gonna go into a song. If you need prayer, go for it. Otherwise, I want to challenge you to be thinking, praying, talking to somebody next to you, and coming up with a plan.